You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. It's Ashley Bienage, and it is a new year. It is a first live show of the year, which is super, super duper exciting. I am here with Donna Marrow. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for coming to the show. Uh, this is super exciting. I know it was kind of hard getting here with parking and traffic. <laughs> Every time I come to the university, I, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to university. I didn't go to, go to extended school after f- high school, but I uh, extended school. That's, uh, that proves I didn't go to university. Um, post-secondary education. And, and I just I always get lost when I come here. I can't find my way around. And I've been to this building, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times mm-hmm. in here in this uh, you know, studio here. And I just I never am able to find it every time I come back here. It's crazy how turned around I am. But I made it, and uh, <laughs> here yeah. we are. I'm definitely very happy to have you here. Nice. I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I'll have to talk about myself, which is a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we just uh, we just heard your song, Won't Give Up. Uh, you told me before the show that you have a really exciting story. Yeah, well, it. well it's th- that song, uh, maybe exciting might be the wrong uh, wrong word, for, but, but it w- okay. an, in- an interesting story okay. uh, behind this song. Um, you know, for me as a songwriter, I'm often, you know, looking for the story. I'm trying to find uh, what can I what can I share with people that's going to kind of... I'm always aiming for the heart, you know, with my, with my music, and uh, and and sometimes that means the songs come from hard places, and and that was one of them um, that came from a bit of a difficult place for sure. Um, I was on the road heading down to Nashville to do some songwriting a couple of years ago, and uh, and on the way, um, a fellow musician, a friend of ours, uh, in, in the band that I was uh, sort of still dabble in once in a while, Indian City, uh, uh, kind of a, a friend and, and uh, colleague of theirs. Um, 
but was, uh, the, the drummer of that band had taken his own life. Uh, his oh name was Marty, and um, and I was on the road, and I was heading down to Nashville, and I just remember kind of having a moment of uh, just you know your heart stops, you start thinking, is, is this really happening? And 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 I remember thinking too, like I, I wish I could have you know been there for him, been a shoulder for him to lean on, or you know somebody that could just be in his corner, let him know he's he's not alone through this, whatever he was going through. And and I didn't really know what he, that he was going through some stuff and, and you know mental illness and depression and. Um, and so I remember kind of carrying that with me all through my time in Nashville and going into these writing sessions. And, and I just remember I said to these, you know, some people that I was writing with, I said, you know, this is, you know he's pretty heavy on my heart and kind of shared the story. And, and they said, you know, we hear you and, and the fact that you wanted to be there for Marty, but imagine how many others out there right now are in that same place, in that same darkness and kind of needing somebody to lean on. And, and what if we wrote a song for them in honor of Marty? And so that song, Won't Give Up, was written kind of uh, based around, around that. And, uh, you know, it comes from a hard place, but I think it, it offers light and hope to those that maybe uh, kind of know that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's really intense. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it, you know, I, I, starting off real intense here this yeah. afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I just I feel like like for me, I've got a lot of songs that sort of you know are, are kind of heavy-handed in a sense that they come from that kind of heavy place. And I often write uh, from that place that's kind of like uh, when 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 life is hard or tough. Um, that's usually when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing when I'm alone and lonely on the road, missing home. Uh, and, you know, when things are good, I, you know, I'm, I'm not writing as much. I'm usually sort of caught up in that good moment with, with my family or friends or whatever in life. And, and so a lot of my songs come across in those hard moments. But I think for me, they, they're, they're first therapy for me. And I hope that as I put them out there that they become therapy for others. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you, when you're writing like very like vulnerable or very... Um, emotionally intense songs how do you make them focused on like one topic like i find when i'm songwriting <laughs> i'm like i'm really sad about this but then i try i bring in all of these like past yeah. things that like, are kind of related but it gets kind of i guess maybe sloppy a collage yeah it's of a collage <laughs> of just like <laughs> yeah. emotion how do yeah. you kind of narrow it down to like one thing and keep it focused uh, honestly what's what's helped me big time over the last few years is co-writing um, because I think we all have that we, we all have this story that makes sense in our minds but then to put that on paper and and actually create a song that that is going to be cohesive and and give people a, a sort of a unified message um, it's it helps to have other writers in the room that kind of they kind of rein you in because like I said in your brain it makes perfect sense but but that's because your brain is this complex organism that can put it all together mm-hmm. but to be able to put that out there in you know in a couple of verses and a chorus uh, and have that un- understood um, it helps having other writers in the room that can really sort of uh, you, you, you target and you're not so much living in your headspace you're living on whatever you're literally putting on the paper and, and that's alive in the room as you're writing and uh, and that's really helped me uh, as a writer to mm-hmm. just be able to um, focus on the story what, what exactly are we trying to say here and how do we just sort of focus in on on the, on the right words and the right pictures and um, just listening to my friend uh, you know, William Prince that you know, a lot of people in the city know very well uh, and he, he had described a Richard Inman song as uh, you know listen listen to this song he's painting a perfect picture and that's really what we try to do as writers is, is really just paint pictures that people can hear mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely no it's really exciting that I, I'm like I know b- those artists and they've yeah. been in, on the show and I got I, they're both fantastic songwriters yeah um, how do you get started into, into collaborating with people like w- maybe people who are listening and myself um, who want to start collaborating what are some steps you recommend to them or myself that we should do. How do we get ourselves out there to contact people? Well, I mean, I mean, this is honestly, I, I do, I do workshops now and again, and, and in schools, and I talk about you know music as a career and stuff. And um, one of the the first places I recommend a lot of people kind of stop at at the right at the beginning of their career or at any point in your career really is is get involved at Manitoba Music, uh, the Manitoba Music Association. I, I sit on the board currently, uh, and so I'm not oh. just I'm not, <laughs> I'm not just saying that as a board member, but I'm but I'm saying that as a person who's I drank the Kool Aid long ago, and I totally believe in the music association and what they do uh my career has been furthered so much because of what they do and and, and the fact that they exist for me um and um and and through that like you can connect with so many other musicians right here in town and 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 in our province um and uh, you know at the the bare minimum it's so easy to to get on facebook or or, you know to check with uh, uh you know any of your favorite artists in the city and just say hey 
I'm an aspiring writer. I'm an aspiring musician looking to get out there, do my thing. Any chance we could sit down, have coffee, maybe even co-write and kind of just so I can kind of figure out the process that you're on to right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I speak for myself. I'm the kind of artist that, you know, the time is getting a little bit harder for me to find sometimes, but, but I always respond and I'm always willing to, to help if I can. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's one one thing that you can always do, and the worst thing somebody's going to say is, you know, sorry, unfortunately, I don't have the time right now. Um, and uh, is that the know. worst thing they could say? They could probably <laughs> say they could probably say it in a worse way. Um, yeah. But but you know, the, the worst thing they could say is no. And uh, um, but and and you know, as a as a songwriter doing co-writes, it's it's really hard in the sense that you have to be vulnerable and willing to let other people sort of have a piece of the story that you know maybe you're going to be singing or whoever else is going to be singing out there um but it, that was one of the hardest things for me is being able to say is somebody else going to be able to tell the story as well as I can and you know almost every time it's always turned out to be a better song because of, of a co-write so mm-hmm. and how long does a, a collaboration session take to, like, for a full song uh, yeah i mean it, it varies honestly like like there are some you know guys like you know, honestly i'll use his name again but william prince watching him write is it's pretty incredible like and i think that's one thing that really excites me is kind of working with other writers and seeing how they do it mm-hmm. um you know william prince is a guy who's really quiet and all of a sudden he'll be like how about this? And you'll have a whole like half a verse or a chorus kind of, and you're like, that just blew my mind. Like you've been quiet for half an hour and all of a sudden you come up with this thing and, and you're just kind of like blown away. Like one of my uh, songs uh, that I released a couple years ago uh, called Turn These Gray Skies Blue. I was sitting with a writer in Nashville uh, and uh, and he was on his laptop, on his computer, on his phone, and it seemed like wasn't even present. And I just remember thinking after about an hour into this session, I was like, he's not even really into this. And He's like, okay, what about this? He's like, you know, standing here uh, on the train, and you know, and, and he, he basically spouted off the verse and the chorus, you know, after not having talked for the last hour, and just blew my mind. I was like, okay, this guy's really, really gets it, and mm-hmm. and uh, and he's been part of many of these, and I was still relatively new to co-writing at that point, but um, yeah, it's um, it's a pretty incredible process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are s- what's some tips or advice that you have for pe- people who are going to start going into it, like uh, always keeping an open yeah. mind and everything? But what are some things that worked for you that you kind of just like okay I'm gonna remember to do that next time yeah sorry I, di- I realized I didn't answer your question the typical right oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is about two hours three hours but it could be you know a couple of sessions it might take a couple two or three hour sessions too so okay um, yeah so that's that's the answer to that okay, one yeah um, you sorry so uh, this the next question again was uh, um, uh, advice for people yeah. going into next session or into their into sessions what should they yeah. remember and keep in mind when they're going into these collaborations I, I like going into a collaboration with a few ideas already Already, like okay. like whether it's a couple of lines to for a, for a verse or a chorus, uh, I like going in with even song titles. Kind of like this this title feels like there's a story here, you know, and and uh, um, and just be completely open minded and and go in with the idea of like I like going in with a coffee in hand, maybe a couple of coffees in my hand, uh, you know, one for me and the other writer, or who, if it's multiple writers, and and just sort of like, you you spend the first half hour or so just kind of meeting, hanging out. Um, and, and I think organically through that, you're talking about life and then something goes, Hey, I was thinking, you know, you, you said this a few minutes ago and we say these things all the time where we're talking in, in conversation and, and things happen where like, even, even just in our conversation here, and I said, you know, we, we paint pictures that people can listen to, you know, even that in itself could be kind of an interesting way of turning a phrase and, and people writing a song about something like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens and, and, and you're just sort of hanging out for the little while. And, um, so the advice is just kind of be relaxed. You know, if you can come with some ideas, great but also be willing to start with something fresh and mm-hmm. um you know really the best way to describe it is i i see it as kind of going to hang out and have coffee and 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 the end result may be a great song or maybe having met and made a good friend nice yeah awesome yeah. um would you say that the songs that you've written the ones that have been a uh, collaborative process have are usually your stronger songs uh yeah uh, for sure yeah over the last couple of years um yeah because uh, my first two my first three albums were very, very much like Don Amaro writing on his own albums. There's a couple of co-writes in there, but not very much. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, there's only a, there's you know two or three out of those three albums that maybe had co-writes. Um, and uh, and but yeah, and the, la- the last two albums have been very successful. Uh, and there's a lot more co-writing that has happened on, on those two albums. Um, on my last album, Refined, um, I believe each and every one of them are co-writes, except for refined the very first song 
the one that's the title of the, the title album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the last track twilight hour i believe that was just in donna merrill right as well i mm-hmm. talk about donna merrill as if he's he's not me he's yet. not in the yeah, room don, <laughs> he's not here donna merrill wrote those two um <laughs> and uh and i think but uh, you know tracks two through nine were all co-writes so interesting yeah that's really interesting as someone who's trying just to start like their first ep mm-hmm. that's really encouraging to hear that like you don't, don't necessarily have to you can do it by yourself and, and you did start writing mostly yourself but yep. don't be afraid to ask for help or get that um other person's ad- intri- advice or mm-hmm. something i don't know okay. well I, I think i think <laughs> the, the biggest strength and i think I, you you hear when people get up on a, at award ceremonies all the time is that you know their biggest strength was surrounding themselves by people who are better than than them and that is honestly how i got to be where i'm at now is because i've surrounded myself with really great great people great great musicians great talent i mean if you listen to, to Refine, the last album, I mean, I was surrounded by some of the best musicians, I, you know, not just in Winnipeg, I think in this country. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable musicians that really uh, make me look and sound incredible, you know, and uh, um, well, the looks part, that's all me. But oh, yeah, the, I was uh, going to say <laughs> something. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, they are, they're just, and I think that, that if we can start seeing that, the, that our, our true assets are the people that we surround ourselves with and, and the, the gifts that they have, that they can bring to the table only you know it, it becomes basically like a potluck of beautiful music coming together you know and and uh and i and i just can't feel like have you ever been to a bad potluck yep yeah oh, okay well all right i guess it can happen but yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> most of the ones i've been to are pretty amazing well, i mean there's always like that like there's, there's always one or two dishes where you're like well i wish that di- dish didn't yeah. show up but uh <laughs> mm, i usually usually my dish um <laughs> maybe i should not have come yeah um Anyway, what you're making. yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you, though. Uh, like you specifically as an indi- love as to. individual. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, for people who maybe aren't, aren't are not familiar with your music, how would you describe your music to someone who's like, "Oh, you're a musician. What kind of music do you make?" Yeah, I mean that's that's always been the tough call because a lot of people have you know have had have struggled kind of knowing where to put me because I'm I started off kind of a rootsy kind of artist and I think anytime you get a guy in a guitar it kind of just has that rootsy feel no matter what mm-hmm. guy or girl um and uh and and so you know you kind of see somebody solo independently playing the music and, and writing songs and it kind of comes across rootsy folksy uh but that's you know I, I've always said I'm kind of roots pop country soul like a little bit of everything everything, and and that's that's been sort of in um tough for the industry because the industry always wants to be able to put you in a box and say this is exactly what this is and um and and so i've been this sort of this this evolution of my career has been sort of like rootsy um maybe even a little bit rocky at times so i'm not so much rocky but you know poppy soul country and and lately like especially with the last album refined like like it's gone a little more of the country feel and um and and i and i'm actually finding that that um avenue uh, you know the genre of country is one that's always resonated with me even from when i was a kid i knew country and i grew up on country and so it's it's sort of been the one that i've sort of found a bit of a pocket that's um that, that my music can rest in you mm-hmm. know and uh and it's and it's and it's kind of been working so um you know i'm not a I'm not a country boy. I'm not a cowboy boot wearing, you know, con- cowboy hat kind of yeah. guy. But I, but I think country's in my blood, and and I think it's kind of present in my music. And so, um, as my music's evolving, that's kind of the the the, the, the genre you'll hear a lot more. I think uh, with the Donna Marrow name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, so that being said, how did you how did you get involved in music? You said you grew up mm-hmm. listening to country, but lots of people grow up listening yeah. to music. What made you decide? Oh, I'm going to start performing. Well, both my parents sang and played. My my dad is a great bluegrass player from Nova Scotia, uh, and my mom uh, grew up right here on the prairies. Um, she, uh, a fantastic singer, still got a vo- the voice of an angel, like a beautiful voice. And so I grew up listening to them play and sing at the kitchen parties at, at home. And you know, every you know every other weekend, my dad would have a bunch of his buddies come over and they'd sit around and hang out and have a beer and or a couple and <laughs> and and just play guitar and 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 they like it was funny that you know people would kind of come and my dad would have these kind of kitchen concerts with his friends and they would just want him to play another song and play another song and so i i had this love of of live music ever since i was a kid and uh, and as i uh, funny enough how i got into it when i was 15 uh, i liked a girl uh, and uh, and i wanted her to notice me and so i knew she was always in performing arts and stuff and and i remember thinking well 
I've never really tried doing anything with music at all, but I know she's into it. So if, if I do something in this, you know, join the theater group, she'll notice me, even for five minutes, whatever it's going to be. So I auditioned for the lead role of the play that year, and I got up and I sang something from the play Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, for like a 1930s play, and, and I get I can't remember what the song was, like, when I take you out in the Surrey Chicks, and, and it was a really cheesy song, but by the time I was done, um, like, the teacher was crying, a couple of girls in the front row were crying, and I remember thinking, oh, man, I tanked, I blew it, like, making people oh, cry it was so, it was so bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, lo and behold, I got the lead role oh, uh, of the wow. play, and, you know, th- never did get the girl, but uh, um, it, it led me down this path of music, and so I sk- stayed connected into the arts, and uh, all through h- my high school years, I, w- I picked up my dad's old Gibson Hummingbird guitar, and just played and wrote songs, and I was kind of a closet musician for the longest time. Nobody really knew until I was kind of 20, 21, and that's really, I just started playing at open mics and um, just kind of dabbling that way, and, and um, you know, it wasn't until I was 27 years old when I said, okay, I'm going to really give this thing a shot, and uh, so I was, uh, yeah, about 10 years ago now, I guess, is when I really kind of jumped in with both feet. Mm-hmm. It took going through Canadian Idol to, uh, to give me the right kick. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll do it. Um, that's really interesting to hear that, like, you were like you, you kept it all secret. So why did why did you think at step twenty seven? I guess, what, what happened mm-hmm. at that point that made yeah. you think, oh yeah, now it's time? Well, I think, uh, I, uh, to be honest, I probably was never good enough until then. Uh, it took me that long to kind of get to be a, that right of a seasoned kind of musician and the right stories to, to share and, and sing about. Um, but for me, it was, um, it was, like I said, it was Canadian Idol. I, was, um, I auditioned for Canadian Idol. I made it all the way through right up until the final cut right before the show. So I was in the top 75 out of, you know, thousands of people that have auditioned. And I, and I remember thinking at that point in time, like, I'm better than them, I'm better than them, I'm better than them. And I, and, I, and I walked away from that really messed up. Like, I was really frustrated that I got cut because I really thought it was based on 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 the voice. And, and I wasn't thinking about the fact that this is a TV show and it's about producing really good TV, not necessarily... I mean, everybody who made the show was a great singer, but, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, I remember walking away from that feeling really slighted that I wasn't chosen because I thought I was better than so-and-so and better than so-and-so. Um, you know, in hindsight now, I look back and I go, man, it was more about being a character than, than having a really great voice. I mean, having a great voice was a part of it, but but also finding a, being a character. And I just didn't care to be in front of the cameras. I was just watching me sing a really great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left that, and I was I was kind of devastated for a couple of months. I you know kind of had a hard time getting motivated. And I remember at that point in time, my wife was like, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? And and it kind of pushed me to say, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving the fate of my music career, if there is one for me, up to other people. And I just said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, i got to do it for myself. I can't do it for other people, and I, and I can't wait for other people to give me those opportunities. You know, I'll, I will not be the next Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber or, you know, or, or uh, you know, that person that somebody's going to pick up and give a million dollars. So I was like, you know what, if I want this, i got to go out and do it myself. And so I was working uh, as a hardwood floor installer at the time, and I was like you know, day in, day out, hating the job, miserable. And, and my boss came in one day and he actually said that. He said, man, you look awful. And I was like, well, this isn't what I want to do. And he said, well, what do you want? And I said, music's always been my thing. I've been passionate about it and kind of trying to chase it for the last few years. And and uh, and I figured he was going to say, well, well, don't be stupid. That's not going to work out. And he said, what are you waiting for? And I was like, yeah, what am I waiting for? Why am I waiting for somebody else to kind of give me this opportunity? So I quit. Mm-hmm. And I just jumped in the car, you know, a month or two later and went coast to coast with, with uh, my first CD that I made and went on the road and made negative zero dollars. And just since then, I've just kind of just <laughs> literally for the last 10 years, it's been chipping away, chipping away. And it started off with my wife working two jobs to provide an income for us to now she's a stay at home mom and I'm full time music and it's you know we're we're pretty pretty lucky to to be able to have made it this far and and that and I'm a lot of miracles and a lot of a lot of great support and I've made tons of friends along the way that have really just said we believe in you and we want to make sure that you get to do this for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, I say that to myself. I pinch myself every other day, going, "Is this really what I get to do?" Like, mm-hmm. yeah. How did you like? I can't imagine it had been like maybe it was but uh, an easy um trip like everything worked out in the way how did you um <laughs> how did you keep yourself going like oh like man this is a really tough time but let's keep trying yeah i think you know any st- i've always been into like rocky the movie rudy 
you know, I've always been for the underdog. I love the movies where the underdog just perseveres and keeps going and, you know, overcomes the trials. And I was like, if that's going to be my story someday, I have to just kind of keep fighting and, and take the loss and move on. Take the loss and move on. And, and realize that even if you... You listen to any biography or, or you watch any documentary of of, um, of any artist in the past, and, and they all will tell you the same thing. Like, like they went through this, and I was going to be done, and, and the next moment something like this happened, and it just changed everything. And it just what I hear every time of that is that it's just about hanging on and being and persevering and, and not letting um, uh, you know a bad day or a bad moment sort of define the future. Sort of saying, okay, that that sucked. But I'm going to move on from this and, and just and, and, and use this as a lesson to learn from and, and, and just keep pressing forward. And so I've always been the type that when hard times come um, to just say, OK, I, I got to find a, a, a different way of, of approaching this or or uh, or just, you know, study up or, you know, whatever, whatever it took. I just knew that um, this is what I wanted to do. And, and, and I knew if that's if I knew that much that this is what I wanted to do. Um, it was it was it was a matter of how I was going to make it happen from there, and I just always have been willing, up to this point, to to find the how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have a time where you thought maybe um, your music wasn't good enough? Like, was it ever like <laughs> every other song I write, okay. <laughs> even still? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, you know, you you always kind of think, was that was that it? Is that the best song I got? Now I'm done. Like. It's just, I think, just part of what we deal with as as, as artists, as people, you know, mm-hmm. like you're always kind of like questioning yourself, you know. Other people will, will you know, see a person be, and think, oh, that person is beautiful. And, and, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, oh, I'm not, not, there's nothing to me, I, you know. And I think it's just the human condition. We always sort of like discredit ourselves. We're our worst critics. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with that all the time. How do you, sure. how do you push past that? Um, I watch Rocky and Rudy all over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good thing I like those movies. So I, um, that works really well. Um, no, that's good to hear because uh, you're doing really well for yourself. And I, I heard your music and I really I really do enjoy it. And it's Thanks. good to hear that uh, people who have worked so hard, even then, because one of the biggest things for me is thinking, I can do better. This mm-hmm. could be better. This could be better. And that's kind of hol- what's holding me back. Right. I know many artists who have felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. That's well, I mean, I, I think I think there's a real, there's a, I, I really hope the next thing I release isn't the best thing I'll ever do. I hope the next thing I release is the best thing I've done up to now. Uh, but I, but I'm always hoping that, that, you know, when, you get I'm, s- when I'm 70, I want to release the best album I'll ever have done. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm always hoping that I can, that the next thing again will be the best, but, but far from the best I'll ever do. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a really good, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad you just said that. Cause yeah. that's, that's important to remember. Like, why does this have to be my, why do I want the first right. thing I ever do to be the best thing I'll ever do? I got a story for you. Okay. Do we have time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this is the craziest thing. So that first album I made, I went into my uh, sister had a she she lived in an attic. So I, I was this is back in 2006, two months after Canadian Idol, after I got kicked off and cried my eyes out for a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I, I was I was devastated. And then I I just said, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I got to do it myself. So I literally borrowed my friend's Mac computer, uh, used GarageBand, and built a studio out of cardboard and blankets in my sister's attic and recorded my very first album, Change Your Life, uh, which people can still get now on iTunes and all that stuff. Um, And uh, that album went out. I sold, over the course of two years, 2,000 copies. Wow. and when I listen to it now, I cringe. I have a hard time with it. Um, I, I listen to it. I hear all the imperfections, and I go, man, that's that's far from perfect. Um, and I listen to my last album, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, this is the album I've been trying to make ever since I started. Um, here's the crazy thing. Uh, that first album has gone on to make me tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars in royalties um, that have far outdone any of my most current work, which is unbelievable. And all that to just say is that, you know, the things that we kind of go and question could be the most successful thing we've ever done. So it's it's really about, I realize that, that it's more about just take the step. Like, you'll do no good by keeping things in the shadows. Like, the best thing to do is put it out there and, and, and know that this is what I got right now. Um, and it's important, I, you know, this is for any young artists out there that are, you know, wanting to get out there is I think you got you to gotta do something that you can hopefully be proud of and, and kind of go, but I'm going to grow from this. And I love the fact that people can look back and, and kind of hear my first album and go, yeah, that was, that was okay. <laughs> and they can, but they can hear the progression. I'm so glad that they don't go back and listen to the album 10 years ago and go, 
that's about as good as Donna Merrill got. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. hope I'm glad that everybody every album that's come out, in my opinion, has has just been better than the last. And um, so I'm glad that that's the case. But but you know, all yeah. that to say is just. You know, I'm so glad that I made that $300 album, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. I like, I think I really, like myself personally, and I, I'm sure people who are listening um, also just needed to hear that. Like, it, it doesn't have to be, you don't want the first thing you ever to do to be the best, because then how right. are you ever going to uh, go surpass that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, I, I, I always think about these one-hit wonders, right? Like, what must that be like to be known as a one-hit wonder? You know, this, this song has been out there for 20 years, and it's the only yeah. song they ever had kind of catch. And, like, I, I'd be curious to see. I'm sure there's documentaries and films about yeah. these people. Or people that are like, oh, yeah, I love that one song. Like, yeah, one but song I've also did, written, yeah. like, seven albums since then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, oh, really? right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's just, a, in some ways, that's a shame. But, you know, I think it's all... Yeah, it's all it's all relative, I guess. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so we are going to take a little break, mm-hmm. um, but, but uh, we're going to listen to your song "On Down the Road." Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about? Well, that? this is interesting because uh, you know, uh, all this we're talking about is perseverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it leads really well into this song because this song is all about, you know, even though today is bad and you're, you know, I, I imagined a hitchhiker kind of on the road, literally just backpack on and just can't get a break and nobody's picking him up and stopping in every small town and um and the whole the sentiment of the story is just on down the road you know you never know just keep keep persevering keep pressing on because around the next corner around the next bend you know everything could turn around you could meet the love of your life you know you just never know so just stay the course Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. uh, everyone who's listening, this is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bianyaj. I'm here with Don Amaro, and we're going to be listening to his song On Down the Road by his uh, from his most recent album, Refined. Yeah. Let's see if I can figure out how to turn this on. <laughs> <laughs> Just you on this road The bag on your back Is all that you want I've kicked these stones And I've sang blues And I've walked those painted lines too On down the road you buy another small town with no Just keep on moving 
are back in the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bainish. I am still here with Don Amaro. We just heard his song On Down the Road from his most recent album, Refined. That was a beautiful song. Mm, I like it's so very laid back and kind of kind of jazzy. It's nice, yeah. It's kind of a nice soulful kind of yeah, soulful. Six word. eight time, yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Oh, yeah. six eight time. <laughs> uh, I don't hear that very often in country, <laughs> so it's exciting. Um, and we talked about kind of going on the road. I want to kind of push past that a little bit. We talked about your kind of journey about starting solo, and now you're actually working with a team, like a yeah. management team. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What kind of started that getting a team? Like most, a lot of Manitoba artists will start solo, releasing their mm-hmm. own uh, music, being their ma- manager, being their publicist. And they have to wear so many hats because it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, it's cheaper. Yeah, uh, sure. and social media and the internet makes it very easy, well, easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what made you decide that? Okay, now I'm going to need some help. I think I think there was a season when I could have you know I could put in the like already I feel like I put in a lot of time uh, in this career uh, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, it's it really is a full time job um, in the sense that it's it's a lot of hours spent in front of a computer, uh, you know, promoting, emailing, communicating, recording. All those those hours add up relatively quickly. Um, and uh, so what happened for me is you know any any time you go into a, a you know a session and you kind of you go to a manager and say, I need a manager, can you help me out? The manager will say, well, you have to wait until it kind of is a, is a workload you can't handle anymore. And also on top of that is what kind of money are you making? Because to hire a, a management team at that point in time, it's they're going to be taking a percentage. So if you're not really making much money, it's not really enticing for a management team to kind of go, well, how much... If you're making, you know, a little bit of money, how much of that little bit of money am I going to make? make? And it, so it becomes a bit of a numbers game, um, you know, based on time spent and, uh, you know, money earned. Um, but for me, what happened was I just sort of got to a place where I just couldn't handle the workload. And so um, a couple of years ago, I had, had a manager, uh, a wonderful lady, wonderful publicist here in town. Her name is Rosanna Schick, and uh, I love her work, and she's she's done great work for other artists in town. Uh, and, and, and she just sort of came to me one day and said, hey, I like what you do. I'd, I'll love to help manage your career a bit and and so that happened for a while and, and it was it was a really good relationship and um and slowly things just sort of got to a place where i felt like i needed to kind of move to the next place and um and so um in the last actually a, a new relationship that's just been built for me right lately is um uh with porch swing entertainment they're a management company out of alberta Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they're just you know a couple of uh, nice ladies I met at uh, Breakout West this year. Oh, that's uh, where I met you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of great friendships made this year at Breakout West. Mm-hmm. And and um, and yeah, and so it's so really what it is. It becomes just an evolution of your career where you get to a place where, you know, I mean, for a number of different reasons, it's 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 like I said to you off air a minute ago. It's it's your it's, it's a juggling act. Like you're juggling, you know, a personal life, music life. And for me, a guy, you know, a family life with my kids and my wife and really trying to be able to make sure that I can keep that balance because I've always said too, like to be successful in music only at the cost of my family, it's not really success at all. And so for me, it's a matter of making sure that I can keep home fires going, the music fires going and keep that balance happening. And, and if, if I, um, I got to a place where I just, I realized my career was taking up a lot more time than I was able to give you know in consideration for my family so the management thing just sort of evolved into a place where i i literally needed the help to have to carry some of the workload um and that's that's why the manager came along mm-hmm. yeah. and um how now how are you successfully balancing um your family life and music oh, career? You're, you're talking to me like right after the holidays here right <laughs> so like i've literally <laughs> been living in my pajamas for two weeks and it's been it's it's been fantastic like literally it's it, for me the hard thing is kind of getting the motor started up again at the beginning of the year trying mm-hmm. to get going and um uh just because i've been, I've been loving <laughs> lazing around the home for two weeks yeah. with my kids um but uh um I, I think i do pretty well uh with the home work balance it's it's really i mean the musician's life is hard for anybody because of the fact that it, it it's demanding on your time demanding on you needing to be away from home mm-hmm. um and so it's really about you know especially as a family like if you're a family person in the music world it's about keeping the family time s- sacred you know and really keeping that as 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 priority uh and then you sort of music 
I don't want to say secondary because that's probably the wrong way of putting it, but music sort of like the sister to <laughs> the family life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and and for me, uh, I really feel like I've done well. My wife might say something different if you, inter- you interviewed her, but uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like I've, I've done a pretty good job of keeping keeping home homework life kind of tidy. Hasn't always been, that's for sure. Like when, it f- when I first started, I was... I was obsessed and possessed with like music and trying to figure out how to make a go of this, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what I felt like it, it needed that at the beginning, um, which I, I'm not sure if I still believe that. Yeah. Uh, but but it felt like for me, I needed to just live, eat, breathe, sleep music. And I did that for the first six or seven years of my career. Would you recommend that to um, <laughs> beginning artists like that they should have kind of this like really... Uh, selfish kind of <laughs> it is kind of selfish because it you're, is you're for fo- sure. but it's important yeah. like yeah. you really need to focus on your music do you think that is that's ex- I think important I don't mm, know where to I, don't, I, know, I, I don't I don't I don't that's why I say I don't know if I believe in that anymore because I just I feel like it it's it could be very damaging it could be mm-hmm. very lonely um, I think if you don't steal yourself for what that could mean for friendships relationships family life um, kind of going into this musical incubation period um, However, I think if you, you if you take it on as a, as a as a project or a task or a time thing where you say, for the next six months or a year, I'm going to just go full on into the music and do this and dedicate myself and, um, I, but I'm also the kind of guy that's lived a pretty clean life. I don't not a big drinker, you know. I don't smoke. Don't don't do any of that stuff. Um, and so I think it's I've been able to pace myself and not have this like I've never burnt out you know there's so many artists go out there and they they party for too much and and it really affects their life whereas I feel I I literally mean like taking music on as a job as a career and not as like here I'm going to party for a year and play music once in a while it's it's more like I I treated it as a job and I and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to show up the next day you know at an interview or or show up at a a, you know like early morning television interview live where I have to play and sing I didn't want to show up with you know alcohol in my breath and and try to sort of pull myself together I just realized that if I was going to do this I wanted to do it feeling good you know Mm -hmm. and and so I've I've dedicated myself to that and that's been a big part of I don't want to say my brand I guess you know for lack of a better term that's what it what it is it's just yeah. been part of who i am is that people kind of get you know don amaro is this kind of wholesome nice guy that you know kind of but probably probably the, the perception of me is that i've got it all together and I, and I really don't but i feel like i've done a good job of fooling people that yeah. i do yeah yeah that's what yeah. people you just say like people think it's putting yeah. it's not <laughs> um how are you how do your kids handle you going on tour and being away for extended periods of time yeah, i mean my, my, so my daughter's one uh, one and a half so she's kind of just happy flying around the house fluttering around the house like all the time so she's she probably doesn't even know i'm gone <laughs> sometimes i walk in the door and she's papa and she's she's pretty sweet she kind of gets it but but she doesn't it doesn't affect her nearly as much as my older my, my boy who's five now mm-hmm. um he really feels the weight of me being gone a lot more i mean you know we're best buds so it's you know we we definitely miss each other quite a bit when i'm gone um and so it it, it plays a, a significant role in family I and mean, this is where it gets really difficult for family life because you know i'll go for a week you know, I, I don't really go for much more than that now with my with my family, but I'll go on the road for f- you know five, six, seven days, come home, and I'm all of a sudden disrupting this cycle of of structure that my wife's put in place, and now Dad's home, and you know, and I'm the fun guy, and I'm like the guy who's gonna just the goofball in the house all of a sudden, and it really disrupts the flow, and so it, it can be disruptive in our relationship, it can be disru- um, disruptive for the kids, and so it really becomes this place of tension and so it's music life is not easy for family life um but i think that there's 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 a way to make it work i don't necessarily know i I should write a book one day because so far we've been able to make it work um but the scary thing is uh statistically you look at marriage and family life Mm -hmm. for musicians and it is not good yeah like it is really tough uh, and I and I, I feel why you know I know why it's it's been hard on us and and uh, and you know there's not a lot of relationships that I can look to and cling to and say they made it work you know um, and and uh, like I mean honestly if you if you look at any musical people in your life that you know there's a is there only a handful maybe of people that have stuck together from you know their early days till now like it's yeah it's difficult and the, the crazy thing is it depends is on what side of the of the music you are if you're behind the scenes and everything yeah yeah totally yeah yeah mm, i get that that's yeah it's that that's it's a scary statistic that's for sure and it's one that we've 
dealt with in our home. Um, and uh, and yet here we are. You know, so we, Pam and I have been married for 12 years. And, Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah. And we, we, well, we, we, when I got married, I wasn't in music at all, really. I was kind of dabbling. And so it was, she's had to evolve into this guy who was a nine to five, you know, hardwood flooring installer, installer kind of guy to musician who's kind of home sometimes home here and there and on the road quite a bit and um so that's been a a challenge Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um kind of changing the topic a little bit just because we are gonna run out of time (laughs) soon i'm having so much fun um you you when you're performing you do play solo sometimes just you and your guitar or you do play in a band how do you write songs that can switch between the two so fluently yeah i mean i don't know i think i think for me i i always dream about the big sound um you know most of the time i'm even in co-writing sessions it's just you know a, a guitar or two or a piano or something where you're you're basing the song the foundation of the song is kind of one instrument and a voice and I'm always dreaming, like, here's where the drums would be, here's where the bass mm-hmm. would be, here's the harmo- harmonies, and here's the... So that's always part of it. But for me, on a ground level, if I can make a really strong guitar and one vocal song, it can only go up from there once yeah. you put all the other layers in. So, um, you know, I, I never want to depend on, well, this song is going to be good once you get the, the guitars and the drums and the bass and all these things. I love that we can add that, but I, for me, I think this song is great as a guitar and voice. But once mm-hmm. you put those other pieces on, that's like icing on the cake, you know? Um, so that's the way I think, is that it's really about, with this song stripped down, can it still be good? I think there's a couple, actually, <laughs> that that are that really kind of require the full band sound. But mm-hmm. for the most of my catalog, uh, it's a lot of it just sort of me and the guitar. Mm-hmm. Be easy to cover for artists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, so really quickly, I'm just going to sneak in a question about songwriting because uh, that's what I do. And, um, <laughs> what is some really great uh, tricks that you've found with songwriting that have helped you get past that maybe a writer's block that you've been having mm. for a while? Like you've been struggling maybe, or maybe you haven't had a good idea in a few maybe weeks mm. or months if you're me. Yeah. Um, how do I you go through that too. Yeah, go, okay, good. Yeah. So there's normal arti- uh, artists' problems. Yeah. Um, what has helped you kind of get over that? I go back and watch Rocky in North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I think it's just it's just being willing to stop and look around for a little while sometimes and just get out of your, your head. Like, uh, for me, some of the best times uh, and of inspiration have been when I've gone somewhere like the lake or even going out for a walk on the streets and, and, and not kind of going with any agenda, but just like, I'm just going to go for a walk and let life speak to me. And I, every single time, I guarantee you, if I go for a walk this afternoon, put my headphones on and just listen to some good music, within an hour, I've got a hook to a song, like something else. Like I might be stealing something from somebody else, yeah. but, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm hearing something. I'm like, oh, that, that, makes, that makes me think of this. And, and so for me, I just sort of like, I got I to gotta take breaks from the idea of I'm going to write a great song. And then all of a sudden when I do that, something great sort of falls on my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and a lot of the times now, too, when I'm driving around, I'll just grab my phone, my memo pad, or my memo thing on the phone, and uh, record, you know, a little couple of lines here and there. And those have kind of lately have been sort of little gems that I can kind of pull from and and kind of base a song around. So um, so that's, you know, honestly, my, my best advice is just pause once in a while and, and don't aim to write a great song and and just fill yourself like like fill yourself with um just something you know, um what's the, what's the word i'm looking for like let the universe sort of just <laughs> okay. come to you you know and and uh, you know like think about walking on the beach or just laying on the beach and and just not not stressing over writing something great and something great is probably going to fall in your lap. I mean, I, mm-hmm. that's just been my experience. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so exciting. I'm just going to forget everything that I've yeah, ever just heard. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. don't, read, don't, don't read any more books. Yeah. Just relax, enjoy some. And that's actually what? true. I've heard some really great. I've been listening to some music of him from new artists that I really want to people to associate with my music. Mm-hmm. And just by listening to them, I've thought of really great yeah, chord yeah. progressions even, well, and and oftentimes too. Like li- lately, I, I've I've been listening to songs, and I and I think they're gonna say something else, and they don't, and I'm like, I'm gonna say that. So that's usually <laughs> what happens for me. Um, and the other thing too is that I think I think that that your story is the most unique story, you know, and that's that's to you, to anybody out there, is that your own story and your own 
life that you're living is is completely unique. So I never want to be a carbon copy of anybody else's story. You know, I, I'd rather live my own and breathe my own and, and sing my own. And so that's usually where I what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This is <laughs> wonderful. So where can people find you on social media if they want to look you up? I'm kind of all over the place, like most these days. Uh, you know, Facebook, uh, I think it's Don Amaro Music is my music page there. Uh, Instagram, Don Amaro. Twitter, at Donald Amaro. Uh, and uh, there's uh, there's a number of different places, but DonAmaro.com is the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely more on social media these days than, than even my own website. So um, you can find me. Google Don Amaro and you'll find me all over yeah, the place. Yeah, just Google. Yeah. Well, the wonderful instrument that Google is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so do you have any upcoming shows that you would like to share ah. <laughs> with? Uh, nice plug. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm uh, actually performing my very first show of 2017 tomorrow night uh, with Miss Melissa Etheridge. Where? Uh, yeah, at the Burton Cummings Theater. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, still there's a couple of tickets left. There's not not a lot, but there's there's some. Do you hear left. that? You need to go right now and buy a ticket because yeah. there aren't too many tickets left. Well, and Melissa Etheridge is kind of a big deal, you know. Like mm-hmm. She's been um, you know part of the fabric of music here in North America for a good long time, and um and it was just a kind of literally in the last week or two, I got a call saying would you like to do the opening spot, and so I was pretty blown away You're like would i yeah yeah let me check my schedule yep <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so that should be a cool cool gig tomorrow night i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that oh, what time is it uh, i think the show starts about eight o'clock okay. so uh doors open seven ish i think so great yeah you know where people can buy those last few tickets i think it's all available on Ticketmaster. Yep. Ticketmaster. yeah great so you heard it here first or probably not but <laughs> you heard it here just now yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else that you would like to to plug uh, you know, this year's kind of a, you know uh, an interesting year. There's there's a lot of the new stuff kind of uh, unfolding. Um, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, with the, the kind of the country thing, we're we're aiming at kind of um, putting some new country uh, singles together this year, and so there's uh, that'll be an interesting. Uh, path over the next little while um, and all I would just do is encourage people to kind of follow along through the social media channels and um, as as things are growing and, and, and evolving this year uh, there's some exciting things kind of coming down the line that uh, that should be pretty fun a couple of trips to Toronto already planned over the next few months and um, so yeah I'll be I'll be all over the place Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have a question. Um, so with uh, for people who are listening, if you want to find more shows for, by Don Amaro, just go to his social media, and I'm sure he'll make announcements on multiple yep. outlets. All the so platforms. just follow all of them, and you'll hear something. <laughs> um, when you have a show, when do you recommend starting to announce it and to um, plug it? Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm sure, like, six months ahead times way too much. Yeah, I think it depends. Like, like honestly, like, you know, there's certain things that, that do really well when you kind of like do like a pop-up like hey tomorrow night i'm doing this thing you know and and that can kind of create create a kind of interesting buzz right away like one of the things i find with a lot of the big superstars is they're dropping stuff and all of a sudden you don't even realize it until the next day you see on twitter so and so dropped an album yesterday and you're like what and that becomes big news but you know when you're kanye you can do that when you're don amaro it's you're still kind of a small fish in a big pond so it's really important to prime your audience sometimes so um i don't know like like for a show uh in winnipeg like uh, for me personally for my christmas show let's say a merry little christmas Mm -hmm. i will promote it um probably like four months before uh start it but for if i was to do a show kind of just a a show for doing the sake of doing a show like a week or two before um because i think if you yeah I, i don't know I, I have no really good, strong expertise in that area. That's why um, you have a team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Call my team. They'll yeah, tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's totally fair. I just, as someone uh, who's starting to um, do uh, promote and do more shows and everything, like, I love social media. I'd say six media, weeks, so. to be honest. Six, six weeks? weeks is about right to kind of get, the, again, prime, the ro- prime your audience, get people knowing what's going on, um, and, and, yeah, just and find a unique, n- unique spin as to why they should be there. Mm-hmm. To just say, hey, I have a show come out. Maybe early on, but I think I'm finding now, ten years in, there's got to be a good reason to get people to come out and see see a show. Like, I mean, not that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think I think it's important for people to know that there's there's something de- bigger and deeper meaning behind what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I always try to make sure that there's a good reason why people should be there. Yeah, absolutely. Live yeah. shows are the best too. Totally. Um, so we are going to close with your the song that you said was the final. A uh, song on your Twilight Hour. album, Twilight Hour. Mm-hmm. What is that song about? Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's just a little love song, um, kind of a sweet little thing. But it's a nice. I felt it was a really nice way to end an album, um, and and it's just sort of like saying like, 
in, in, in a way, as people were listening to the album, I was hoping that they would kind of feel like we would just spend some time together. And, and really, that's all I really enjoy in this world more than anything is just spending time with people and, and you know, spending time at home with my family, but spending time with friends and family and uh, meeting new people and, like, hanging out with you today. And, um, you know, so it's really just about absorbing the moments that we have with each other as much and as long as we can. Perfect. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to hear it. So uh, thank you so much, Don Amaro, for coming on to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. Or if you're listening to the app, thank you so much for downloading the app and tuning in. Um, I'm Ashley Bionez. Uh If you would like to hear Don Amaro's album, you can find it on the internet somewhere, probably. Spotify. I <laughs> yeah. think it's on Apple Music as well. Great. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So super easy to find. I can also have links to all of Don Amaro's social media on the blog post, which will air our be posted the Friday after this show. Um, is there anything like you you'd like to add really quickly before we? Um, I go? am so glad and honored that you asked me to come down. I uh, I love doing stuff like this. It's so nice to just be able to spend an hour to chat and talk about, about yourself. About, yeah, talk about myself yeah. and, and life <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I just love what you're doing here. Thanks. Good. Thank you so much. Okay, so now we are listening to Don Amaro's from his album Refined uh, Twilight Hour. Get active this winter with Recreation Services. Registration for the 2017 winter session is now open with classes available in aquatics, climbing, dance, fitness plus, health promotion, martial arts, recreation, and wellness. Continuing for the winter term, all Recreation Services members will receive up to 20% off the program price. For more information or to register online, visit uofmactiveliving.ca.
The Manitoba Chamber Orchestra's Vinyl Vault is Winnipeg's largest and cheapest record collection. From indie rock to funk, new wave to classical, there's something for every kind of music stop. Records at three bucks a pop, CDs even cheaper, and collectibles a specialty. Located in the basement of the Power Building at 428 Portage Avenue, Vinyl Vault is open 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the last Saturday of every month. For more information about this month's sale or how to donate your used records to us, call 783-7377 or visit our website at themco.ca. Coming to the Cinematheque December 17th and 18th and December 28th to 30th is Howard's End, starring Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson as a woman struggling in the turn-of-the-century England. Followed by Call of the Forest, December 26th to January 7th. Back by popular demand is this look at the beauty and diversity found in the world's greatest forests. That's your Cinematheque film guide for this week. For more information on any of these films, please visit winnipegcinematheque.com. This year, there's an all-new way to get information on courses at the U of M. RateMyCourses.ca is a brand new website that allows students to anonymously review courses without creating an account or signing in. The easy-to-use website allows you to get information and advice from students who have previously taken courses and to share your experiences with future students. Check it out today at RateMyCourses.ca and help grow this brand new community. 